Hello, everyone, and it's that time again. Welcome to the Sydney St. James Show. We sure appreciate you dropping in. Is through Jesus Christ the only pathway to heaven? Don't all religions lead to God? Or are we as Christians really so narrow-minded and intolerant to think so? Hello everyone, Sydney St. James here today talking to you about Jesus Christ and believing in Jesus Christ as either one, the only way to heaven, or, or are there other ways to get to heaven? It can be somewhat of a controversial subject matter unless you really open up your mind and you think about how many people there are in hidden places around the entire world. So today, we're going to take a look at a pathway to heaven. Either you agree, don't agree, and if you have comments, be sure to click on the tab above on anchor.fm under Sydney St. James and leave me a voicemail, and I'll be glad to air it on future episodes. Right now, let's get going. The Reverend Ada Slayton Bonds read from her Bible while standing at the pulpit one Sunday at the Cumberland Presbyterian Church on Easter and said, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That brings me to ask myself, what about those who have never heard? The other night while dining with a dear friend, she said unless man or woman believes in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and that he was crucified and died for our sins, then we had no pathway whatsoever to heaven. This is probably one of the most common questions associated with Christianity. Now, before going on, think about what I just said, just, just a moment longer. Now, in other words, is it fair for God to condemn people who never had an opportunity to hear the message of Christ? You know, in the scriptures in Romans 10, 13 through 15, it underscores the impact of Christian evangelism when it comes to reaching those who have never, ever heard. Ada spoke to such people during the turn of the century where people would bring their chairs and meet at someone's home in the country to hear the word of God. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then, now get this, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in someone or Jesus Christ of whom they have never heard? And how can they hear this all so important word without someone standing in front of them and preaching to them. How can the pastor preach unless he or she, like in Ada's case, 
is sin. Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring such good news. This is actually what the Reverend Ada Slayton Bonds for the Cumberland Presbyterian Church once said. The woman preacher, the first ordained woman in the state of Louisiana, received her calling from God at a very young age, near 1900. She was the first ordained woman minister in Louisiana for the Cumberland Presbyterian Church and preached and established small churches that dotted the map in North and Central Louisiana and some in the Northeast Texas. Ada also preached and spread the name of the Lord to many others. And yes, even the Ku Klux Klan, who announced in all of Northern Louisiana that Reverend Miss Ada Slayton Bonds represented pure womanhood. She also preached in schoolhouses, under the shade of a maple tree and a walnut tree, and anywhere she could find to spread the word of God. And I mean anywhere. In my novel Faith, 70 times 7, Ada converted many new members to the church and answered the call of many to hear God's word. Okay, for those who have been following my podcast for the last year, it wouldn't be a Sydney St. James show if there wasn't a few short stories thrown in the mix. Today is not any different. I assume that many have heard the story of Jonah and the whale, or Noah and his large ark. But have you heard the story of when Jesus' disciple told Cornelius the story of Jesus, a man who believed in God but knew nothing, zilch, whatsoever, about Jesus Christ? It's just like my story of Billy Bob Thornton in the novel Seeing the Power of God. In this novel, took a man who was not in preaching distance and lost in the wilds of Africa. Then one day, he was found and told about Jesus Christ. But he is full of questions. He just doesn't understand. He's never heard of Jesus Christ. So let's briefly present a short version of the story from Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius had this vivid dream. This man, the head of a village, he was a devout man and one that feared God to no get out. He prayed to him three or four times a day. Then on one crystal clear night, he saw up above an angel of God coming to him in a dream. The angel spoke, Cornelius, Cornelius. The man trembled and shook and opened his eyes and looked up upon the angel and was just shaking with fear. He said, what is it, Lord? And the angel spoke and said, go Cornelius 
take many men with you. Go and see a man called Simon. He's a tanner down by the sea, and there's one with him whose name is Peter, who will tell you what you wish to know. Well, Cornelius and his men arrived and stood before the gates of Simon's home, right where Peter resided. The night before their arrival, Peter also had a vision and was told three men would seek him. The next day, he walked to the gates in front of Simon's home and lo and behold, the three men waited along with their camels. Peter said to the travelers, I am he whom you seek. What is the reason that you've come to see me? Now, as we mentioned earlier, Cornelius, speaking on behalf of his men and a God-fearing man said, God has sent us to hear words from you, Peter. Well, Peter called them inside and lodged with them and gave them, gave them food and drink. And then the next day, Peter guided Cornelius and his men as they traveled in the city of Caesarea. Cornelius called together all of his family and all of his friends. He then, along with everyone else, fell to their knees to worship him. Peter quickly added, Stand up. Stand up. I am a man. Now that I am here, why do you and your family and all your friends call me to this place? Cornelius was quick to answer and said, Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour, and then late, I prayed to God. Then, out of nowhere, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And then he told me to call on you, Peter, and to bring you back to our village. We are all here to hear all things that are commanded by God. Then Peter spoke the words of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. And all of them who heard the words were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. But I must ask, how could it be fair and just for those who have never even had the chance to hear the gospel which is necessary for salvation, to be condemned to hell? Let me ask you, if truth is relative, no religion can claim any kind of exclusivity because some things could be valid for one person, but not another. Take into account my story in seeing the power of God. Billy Bob Thornton believes in Hinduism because that was the very first book he was ever introduced to. His father, however, wanted him to believe in Christianity. Yet, my friend, spoke of in the beginning feels like most that since he doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, he doesn't have a pathway to heaven. Yet, Billy Bob walked in life by doing everything he did as though he was walking in Jesus Christ's shoes. So I ask you again, 
Is Jesus Christ the only way to heaven? Don't all religions lead to God? Are we, are we so doggone narrow-minded and intolerant to think so? If you're a Christian, I'm sure you probably encountered these or similar questions. And if you're not a Christian, you may have asked some of these questions yourself. They are reasonable questions, nothing wrong with them. And how do we say it? They deserve practical answers. There were so many questions in my novel that Billy Bob Thornton asked, and just so many his friend could answer. This podcast will answer some of those questions, or it will shed a lot of light on those questions by looking at the concepts of truth and tolerance and explore the differences between religions that compete with one another, not to mention differing philosophies. We will look in a storybook sort of way because, after all, I'm a writer of stories, right? And just what the Bible has to say. Let's go exploring. Let's explore something that's interesting for just one moment. If truth itself, now this is heavy, you're going to have to really think. If truth itself is relative, then no religion on this earth can claim exclusivity because something is definitely true for one person, but for not another around this large globe of ours. We can see this when it comes to matters of taste, as an example, such as, let's say, whether or not one person happens to like the taste of chocolate milk and another 2% fat-free milk, or even another might like totally fat-free milk. Yuck, right? But wait, what about when it comes to philosophies? Are philosophies relative? If I were to sit here in my office today Again, every once in a while, I look out the beautiful, sunshiny weather at the crystal clear waters of Lake Georgetown. And I say to you, I really like chocolate milk. I am making a claim about a matter of taste. Now, I'm sure someone who lives across the road, it's actually Williams Boulevard over in Sun City, might say, that they do not like chocolate milk, or they prefer orange juice instead. Now, let's try something different. What if I were to sit here and tell you, Jesus is the Lord? Now, a good friend of mine who had many hard bumps in their life, although a good and Christian type person might disagree. Hey, it's okay, it really is. They are welcome to that. But the claim I made, Jesus is the Lord, is a truthful claim. I am risking out an area of reality, so to speak, saying that this information, Jesus is the Lord, is accurate. Now we might have to back up for just a moment, but right now, let's find the truth 
And how do we do that? How about another story? This time, we will use an elephant, for example. But first, let me say a few words on behalf of my sponsor, and I'll be back with you in just a short. Welcome back, everyone. And now, it's time for the rest of my story. You know, elephants are the largest existing animals in the world. And there's three species of them. There's the African bush elephant, the African forest elephant, and last but not least, the Asian elephant. However, when it comes to my discussing religion and philosophies, some folks don't believe that any one particular faith is genuine. Most of us have not stepped out of the United States of America. We have not traveled around the world to all the countries that are out there. By the way, there are over 195 countries around our globe. They might point out disagreements between adherents of Christianity or other religions and philosophies as an example of the futility of saying that any one particular belief in a system is valid. Now I gotta tell you that I'm a storyteller and a writer of novels. That means that my podcast wouldn't be complete if I didn't tell you another story, right? I like old movies. I like the Hallmark Channel. And since I watched the 1950s episode of Tarzan the other day, his faithful elephant that he rode is still sitting right here on my mind. That is why sometimes analogies can be provided by the simple telling of a story. Now, you have to put your mind together because I'm going to tell you the story and you have to vision what is happening. Hopefully you can see that there were three blind men and they were in Africa and they were sitting in the camp in the deepest forest along with Tarzan. He had just swung in on his grapevine. He looked at them and asked each one to come up and pet his prize elephant. Tarzan began to lead each man one by one up to the elephant. I tell you what, let's call our elephant Bebop. Bebop, the big elephant. Well, the first blind man reached up and grabbed the tail of the elephant. Tarzan asked the blind man what it was he was touching. And the man replied, it's a rope. Next to the king of the jungle, led the second blind man to Bebop. He reached up, took a hold of one of the two long tusks, and gave a description of, I am grabbing something hard. And then after helping the second blind man to his place by the fireside, he then took the hand of the third man, reached down, and helped him up over to his faithful animal side. The blind man reached up, and he grabbed the elephant's big floppy ear. He said it was soft. You see, 
and Tarzan lightly laughed at this point. Each of the blind men has grasped parts of the same truth. This brings me to conclude from my story that all religions are true in their own sort of way. But does my story actually hold up under careful examination? As you sit and listen to my show today, you might be asking yourself, is it really the same as our chocolate milk example? A matter of taste? Let's look at this comparison oh, a little bit more closely. We learn at least two key components about the example of the three blind men in our story. First, one thing we learned was there was a real elephant and her name was Bebop, or Truth, to be grasps. However, each of the men got it wrong, did they not? And then secondly, knowing just a tiny part of something is not necessarily the same as knowing the larger picture. There really was a truth to come to terms with, a real live cotton-picking elephant. But each of our blind men missed out on this fact. Now, let's look at a few religions and philosophies in light of my elephant illustration. First, the Christian faith claims that there's only one God, personal and distinctly separate from his creation, right? Next, for instance, are those who believe in God but think that God is separate from the overall creation. But then, others believe that God and creation are one and the same. Now, this second group of people, they're part of something that's called pantheism, which is a religious or spiritual outlook that God and the universe are the same instead of separate entities. Now, we're all learning something today, right? Let's look at our situation rationally. Either all religions and philosophies are totally wrong, or one of them is true. Now, this isn't to say that there are no commonalities between religions and philosophies. Let me give you an example. Read by my exciting Christian mystery novel and seeing the power of God. What Christianity, Hinduism, and atheists all have in common, the big issue such as the nature of God, the human condition, and the way of salvation or spiritual freedom are so very different. This is the exact reason I wrote that novel, Seeing the Power of God. Let's take a close-up look at our three comparisons, okay? Let's take Christianity first. Christianity happens to claim that on these vital theological points, it is true. But Christianity is not the only religion or philosophy to make truth claims. Atheists, for example, would claim that their denial of the existence of God is true. That again corresponds to reality. And then as a result, anyone who disagrees with their position is wrong. Then 
we come to the pantheist who deny that God has personality instead of clinging to divine as an impersonal force. So, what that means by definition is that the pantheists are staking out a portion of reality and essentially saying that Christians and atheists are both wrong. Hmm, that's a lot to take in in one podcast, right? Well, that brings us now to having to pull the iron out of the closet. Let's get together, all of us now, and iron out all of these wrinkles. Right now, there are far too many wrinkles, right? What if we apply the same sort of reasoning of all those who offer the example of bebop and three blind men to mathematics? Okay, get your pencil and paper out and get ready to start jotting this down. My wife's favorite subject, by the way, is mathematics. If I were to walk up to her and say, Barbara, what is two plus two? You and I already know she's going to answer four, right? Well, she's a Texas Longhorn. Now, take my brother, Warren. He's a Texas Aggie, just like me, just like my other brother. Just Well, I was going to say my fourth brother, but he went to the Naval Academy. But anyhow, if I were to ask him the same question, he would probably give the answer of five. Then, there's old Cutter who lives over in Katy, Texas, my BFF from Wharton County Junior College, he would answer seven to the same question. So, now we have three people. My wife says two plus two is four, but my brother says it's five, while my best friend Cutter says the answer is really seven. After all, I know I'm biased since my wife is the only person to get the answer correct. But isn't it a little bit narrow-minded and intolerant of me to demand that only one answer to the problem be the right one? Think about that for just one second. Let us all turn our focus on the truth claims of Christianity. In the King James Version of the Bible, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Hmm. Think about it. Let's take another look at Acts 4, 12. Peter said of Jesus, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other names under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The question is not whether or not this is a narrow-minded position, but whether or not the claims are valid. Jesus spoke of a personal creator, God, who calls everyone to repentance, offering redemption to those who will receive him. If it's true, then sharing this message is the most natural and loving thing to do. Just the other evening, my best friend and I discussed the subject matter I'm presenting in this episode of my podcast. I was discussing one of our best-selling novels, again, Seeing the Power of God. It happens to be probably one of my most favorite novels that I've written. 
and we were discussing her viewpoints were not in line with some of the issues brought about in this novel. However, when we got through talking about it and so forth, she wrapped up our conversation clear and precise when she said, Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus came to this earth to suffer and die for our sins, to be praised again from the dead after his crucifixion. Therefore, if we are to be received by God's open arms and we head to heaven, we must agree with this truth. Well, I suppose that's right. I don't know just how much more I can say about it other than I'm going to have to shut it down. I see my producer looking through the window at me now, waving his hand up. You're getting close to your cutoff time. So I'm going to talk more about this on future podcasts because I don't think I've answered that question good enough today. So in closing, I would like to say we deal with specific truth claims about reality. If these claims are valid, as Christians believe, then how do we respond to them is not just an intellectual game, but it is of substantial and eternal importance in life. I'm a Christian. I'm an elder in the First Presbyterian Church and believe everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But my words for thought are, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how do these people, how do they believe in him whom they have never heard? And how do these same people, how are they to hear of him without someone preaching to them? And how are they to preach unless someone is sent? Hmm. Well, that does it. Again, I would like to thank everyone for joining us this week on the Sydney St. James Show, a division of the Bebop Publishing Group. If you found value in my show today, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. If you like the show, check out any one of over 50 great novels available in ebook, paperback, or audio. Oh, and be sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Sydney St. James Show. Oh, and yes, if you are on my sponsors page, which is Anchor FM, there's a tab at the top where you can leave me your thoughts in a voicemail. I'll be gathering those together for a future special broadcast of Is There Any Other Way to Get to Heaven Other Than Believing in Jesus Christ? I'll gather all of them for that special broadcast, and I'll present them to you. Until then, later, alligator. Well, that does it for me for another great episode from Sydney St. James. Be sure to click on the tab above that says send a voice message and I will get it from you and I'll probably play it back on one of my future podcasts. Also, don't forget to click the button follow. I'd love for you to follow my podcast. But it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode 
And until next time, here I am, Sydney St. James. Happy listening. Oh, thank you.